0: A hero of Vero, not just a defensive prodigy. Hybrid? Let's talk about that. Good morning, listeners. This is the Daily Panthers podcast. I am your host, Wes Taylor. You can follow me at Daily Panthers on Twitter. Today, I'm going to be talking about the defensive side of the ball in a hero of Vero. I'm going through his track record, I was kind of surprised to see the various experiences that he has had. He's been on the defensive side of the ball. He's been on the offensive side of the ball. He, as recently as 2021, won a Super Bowl as the, I think it was the passing game coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. So he is not like, it wasn't like 10 years ago that he was an offensive coordinator. He was as recently as the last three years he's been on the offensive side of the ball. So that was a little bit surprising to me because I feel like typically if a guy is on the defense, then he stays on the defense if he's going to be the defensive coordinator. From like his first year to his last year, it's like linebackers coach, secondary's coach, defensive assistant, special assistant, or whatever. And eventually he gets the defensive coordinator. It seems like a much more linear track. Whereas with the offense, I feel like they... Jump around a little bit more, but not a hero of arrow. And I also don't have any stats to back that up. So if you find something refuting me, congratulations, because I do not know if it's even a fact, but it just feels like it to me. But a hero of arrow has been on the offense and the defense. I think that kind of helps him a little bit because you kind of have that idea of what the defense wants to do. You also have that idea of what the offense wants to do as a former offensive guy. So that would be very helpful in those situations in which you're trying to stop the offense. You're like, okay, they're going to get to this player. Oh, they want to do this. And I know that defensive coordinators probably already know that. But it's kind of like Tony Romo in the booth when he's calling plays. And he's like, this is what they're going to do. I always thought that quarterbacks would make great defensive coordinators. I don't know if Hero of Arrow ever played quarterback. I know that he was on someone's practice squad he played at UC Davis maybe the Lions practice squad if I remember correctly I'm not totally sure but having someone like him allows you to kind of unlock both sides of the ball and he has a complete understanding of both of those at the highest level which is something that will be very helpful for anyone so um, all of that to say I'm very excited to have a hero of arrow on this team I think he's going to be A great resource for us. Uh, Before I jump into his past and the Denver Broncos, remember, we only have one season to really go off of. He's only been a defensive coordinator for one year, which I was a little surprised when he wasn't hired as a head coach. But now knowing that, I kind of get it. I mean, if you're only a coordinator for one year, that's not a ton of experience. But here lately, it seems like guys are getting chances from all walks of life in terms of experience. Josh McCown was a high school coach when he was almost promoted as a head coach to the Texans. Sean McVay got promoted from a quarterback's coach to a head coach. So I don't think that there is a necessarily linear path between being a head coach and being a coordinator. It's definitely helpful, I think, to have that experience, but it's certainly not required. I think that Frank Reich was coordinator for two years before he was offered the Colts job if I remember correctly and he was a quarterbacks coach before that so yeah it's it goes both ways and for someone like Averro I think that he will be a head coach soon within the next couple of years I hope for him he seems like a really good guy Um, and the Panthers if he stays for two years get some comp picks as well which doesn't hurt you know they get two third round picks I think if he becomes a head coach if he just becomes a coordinator then no they do not get picks. I'm going to go ahead and tell everyone that now. Um when everyone thought that it was um that we were going to get comp picks uh, when Steve Wilks <laughs> went from interim head coach to I think he is a defensive coordinator or some kind of coach um, over on the West Coast now with the Niners, but yeah, no, they're not giving out comp picks for demotions or lateral moves. It's only for promotions to head coach or to front office staff. So yeah, just understand that. And um, also, we're going to be talking about his Denver Broncos team. Remember, this is one year, it's a snapshot. This is not something that we really can take too much from, but we can at least get some ideas because we really don't have anything else to go off of. So if we don't talk about this, then we don't really have anything to talk about because it is the only kind of picture we have into an a Hero of Arrow defense. So, in his first season as defensive coordinator in Denver, the Broncos finished 10th at defensive DVOA. So, let me just stop there. So, DVOA is defensive value above average. So, um, basically, what it is is if if two running backs run for three yards, it's not the same value. So, if it's third and two versus if it's third and 20... Your expected average would be a little bit higher for the third and twenty because the defense has got twenty yards to play with, they don't want to give up a first down, so they're more likely to let you have three or four yards on the ground than they would if you were on third and two. Also, spot on the field matters, so like if you're if it's third and two but in two yards you get a touchdown versus I and mean, the gains on the line versus third and two on your own like 30 and you're just running out the clock because you're up by 40 those situations are different so DVOA defensive value above average kind of takes into account a negative value of what you would expect from that play so if a team runs for three yards what would a normal defense an average defense give up in that situation versus what you gave up so the average in the NFL last year would say was two yards in that situation and you give up one yard, then that is a negative one DVOA, which means you gave up one yard less than what the average is in that situation. So overall versus average, or compared to average defenses in the NFL, the Broncos were seventh, which is very good. I'm sorry, 10th. And then they were seventh in defensive EPA, seventh in yards allowed per game, with 320, seventh in opponents points per drive, 2nd in 3rd down success rate, 7th in opponent red zone touchdown rate, 4th in defensive 3 and out percentage, and tied for 14th in takeaways, despite missing Randy Gregory, who only played 6 games, and Bradley Chubb, who was traded mid-season. And the previous years, the Broncos finished 20th in DVOA under Vic Fangio. Is that how you say his name? Fangio? Fangio? However you say his name they did better with Averro at the helm. So let's break those numbers down a little bit. So seventh in yards allowed per game. So we can't do total yards because if you remember, two teams only played 16 games. So they have an advantage in the statistics because they did not have to play an entire game, basically. So we have to use per game stats only pretty much. So in those the Broncos were top 10 in everything when they were constantly put in bad situations by their offense. Um, So some of those numbers that really jump out at me that I'm really excited about. um, So opponent points per drive being seventh in that, given that the offense for the Broncos was so bad is something that is very impressive to me uh, because I would imagine, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that the other teams that are at the top there are probably at least decent offenses like the Bills or the Steelers. Like, I would imagine that those other offenses would at least be decent. But with the Broncos, it was consistently bad offenses. I mean, Russell Wilson was just horrible. And the Broncos probably would have went winless if it weren't for their defense, to be completely honest with you. I don't know what happened to Russell Wilson. He fell off a cliff. But I'm sure they'll get it figured out. Um, who cares? Who cares? But yeah, seventh in opponents points per drive, second in third down success rate at 34%. Compare that to the Carolina Panthers, which were 23rd in the league, giving up 41%. And also compare that to the previous year for Denver, which they were giving up um, about 10% more than that at about 44%. So you could imagine that that gets me pretty freaking excited to get off the dang field on third downs now i don't know exactly what the downs and distance were on average or what that was for them either way if it was a high like yardage to go like above seven yards and that's a good thing because they're succeeding on first and second down which helps you win third down that's for offense or defense you win third down on first and second downs and then if it's because They were stopping people on short yardage situations and that's great too. It really doesn't matter how they got to that number. I'm excited about it either way because the Panthers have had a lot of trouble getting off the field on third down for as long as I can remember. It's so freaking frustrating to watch them just give up seven, eight yards on every third down. It's like you did so well on first and second down and then you get a penalty, do something dumb, you just have a boneheaded play, so I'm really excited about the fact that we're going to be good on third down this year on defense, so I hope you're excited about that too, because it's worth being excited for, and with our offense being better, hopefully they will keep the defense off the field. Last year, if you remember, we were last in the league in time of possession, which again, I don't care about time of possession that much, but to be last in the league and be as bad as we were On offense, that is not something that is good. And to have a run game as good as our run game was. uh, Steve Wilkes was the head coach for a little over half the season. And we focused on running the ball a lot. Usually teams that run the ball control the clock, control the ball. This was not the case for us. Um, So while we were advancing the ball and doing okay... Our offense still left something to be desired, which does not really help our defense in a lot of ways. So it will be interesting to see how the offense and defense work together to create something that is worth putting out on the field and also stops teams from scoring so much on us. The Panthers have been one of the worst teams in the NFC for the past five to seven years. I think we have like the second worst record in the NFC. For the past five to seven years. So I'm really tired of being in the bottom. But I think that we are on our way up. Just given this defensive and offensive advancements in our coaching staff. We have the personnel there. We have some talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's just getting those guys in the right places. And using those schemes to our advantage. Um, So we were seventh in opponent red zone touchdown rate at 51%. This is awesome awesome compared to the average starting field position of the Broncos opponents I don't know the exact number but I know it was not good because again that offense was they left something to be desired for sure so that's something to kind of look forward to that we're actually going to be good in the red zone and we're going to be able to stop teams in the red zone I would be ecstatic if every time a team got within 20 yards of our end zone, they only scored a field goal. Anytime a team scores a field goal when they're in the red zone, it's a, it feels like you just scored a touchdown. Because you, you, you basically did. You're saving four points. That's a big swing if you're able to stop those guys when they get down in the red zone. Now, I don't know what the explosive play percentage was against the Broncos. I doubt it was much. But we have a lot of comparable... Um, comparable players to what they had at the Broncos and we probably have a better defensive line than them to be completely honest with you our secondary is probably a little worse if you go player for player starting with Patrick Sertan working your way down but I think that there are some pieces that Averro did not have over in Denver that he is going to have here that he's going to be able to utilize like Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, uh, Derek Brown I think All three of those are going to be pieces that are better than what he had over in Denver. And then J.C. Horn, who is at least comparable to Patrick Sertan when he's healthy. So as long as he's able to stay healthy, big as long as, big if. But um, yeah, I think that the Panthers defense is very comparable to what the Broncos have over in Denver. Uh, But uh, fourth in defensive three and out percentage at 37.9 and tied for 14th in takeaways at 23. Um, So I'm super excited about that three and out percentage as well. Um, So they're good on third down and they get teams three and out quickly, uh, which is great for us. Anytime you can get a team three and out, then that's a win in my book. So I think that it is important to remember that we want to be good on third down and we're going to be good on third down in a Hero of Arrows defenses. And they were average in takeaways, which I will take average at this point, because we were not good at takeaways last year. I don't remember where we ended up ranking in the NFL. I just know that it we did not get a lot of them. And whenever you're able to turn the ball over, that can make up for a lot of deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. Just look like look at someone like Trayvon Diggs. As a cover corner, you know, he's probably pretty average, but as a turnover machine as getting the ball back, he's elite. Anytime you can get the ball back. Doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of like a three point shooter in basketball. It's like if he doesn't play defense, that's okay. He's gonna make up for it by make it threes. But if you're not making threes, you need to get off the floor. So it's a little bit of a risk. If you're not getting interceptions, then you are a liability. You're getting beat a lot. So it's kind of a slot machine. It's a boom-bust mentality. Whereas JC Horn, I feel like he's a good cover corner. He's going to shut guys down. He's going to get a low QB passive rating, but he's not necessarily going to get a lot of picks. He did get a couple last year, and um, I think that that is exciting, and I think that there's going to be more picks to be gotten and more turnovers to be had this year. Um, Hero of Arrows team is going to be a little bit difficult to kind of quantify because it was just a one-year snapshot it's not something that you can base his whole career off of but it is the only one that we have so we have to draw some conclusions from that um he stuck with the three four and he's bringing it to carolina i think that will play into the strengths of a lot of our players we picked up some beefy guys in free agency for the defensive line to give us a little bit more depth and Our linebacking play is going to be a little bit of a question mark here. I think, I guess, um, the only concern that I have is um, if our guys are going to be able to step up in that position. Um, The ones that we have past Frankie Louvu, you know, Shaq, can he stay in coverage? Can he cover? Um, Is he going to lose a step in his age? Is he going to lose a step from this contract that he's got? Is he salty at all? I don't know. I don't know. He does rack up a lot of tackles, but can he cover? Can Luvu cover? That's the thing, too. It's like you can get 120 tackles if you want. That's great, but you also have to be able to cover, and I think that Luvu is due for a breakout year, but he was a little bit of a liability in the in the passing game, and um, the secondary, too, the help thing is going to be a major player in this as well, um, so I don't think Avera would have taken this position if he didn't feel like he was set up for success. He could have gone probably anywhere. A lot of different teams wanted him. The Vikings wanted him. Um, the Panthers wanted him. A few other teams, I'm sure. And by all accounts, it seems like he had his choice of where he wanted to go. Now, money is the ultimate factor in all of this. It could have been a money thing. I Again, I've said this multiple times. I will never blame a guy for getting his money. So... If that's what he's about, go for it, my friend. Get it. Um, But also, he kind of put his career on this. It's already hard enough for a defensive coordinator to move up into a head coaching position, if you think about it. Really, the only defensive coordinator, as far as I know, that moved up to a head coaching job last year was D'Amico Ryans, and that defense was amazing. It's almost like an amazing defense is required to be able to move up to a head coaching gig, but just an above average offense is required to move up because the way the rules are kind of set up it's set up for offensive coaches and if you it's not hard to have a good offense in this league it's i mean obviously it is but compared to having a good defense you're just think about like a big 12 shootouts like if a team scores 70 points you're like wow that defense sucks but if you look at the big picture, like, really, they don't suck that much. It's just that they're on the field all the time, and their offense scores every 30 seconds. Of course, they're going to give up some big plays and give up some yards and some points. And um, that's kind of what I see out of offenses and defenses in the NFL. And I don't think it's totally fair that the defenses. And the defensive coordinators kind of get the short end of the stick. It's kind of like running backs right now. It's like, why would you want to be a defensive coordinator? Everyone should want to be on the offensive side of the ball. That's where the money is. Um, so, and D'Amico Ryans was the only one, I think, who came from the defensive side of the ball and became a head coach. Um, off the top of my head, Steichen was a head coach. Frank Reich, or Steichen was offensive coordinator. Frank Reich was offense. Um, Who else fired their coaches? I shouldn't have tried to get into this. The Broncos, Sean Payton offense. So, you know, that's just a few examples, but it's offense is the side of the ball that you want your coach to be from. So I kind of feel for Averro in this situation. I think really the only reason he didn't get a head coaching gig is because he was a defensive coordinator, but he does have that offensive history with some very potent Super Bowl winning offenses. So, I don't think it will be too long before he is a head coach because he does have both. Um, so he is not just one thing. Just like this Panthers defense is not just one thing. And the final thought that I have with Averro is that he did mention he likes to get pressure on the quarterback. He likes to blitz. He likes to put the quarterback in position to fail. Now, for better or worse, you, know, you can't sit back forever in this league. So you have to be able to get some pressure. I mean, he mentioned if you can't get him with three, bring four. If you can't get him with four, bring five. If you can't get him with five, bring six. But someone like Patrick Mahomes is going to eat you alive on the blitz. So you have to pick your spots. I don't know what the blitz percentage was on those Denver Bronco teams. I'd be interested to see what it is for these Panthers teams. But um, I don't know that that is the road to success at this moment in time. We can definitely blitz at times, but putting our corners and putting our our secondary in a position to have to cover one-on-one, I think it's going to set us up for a little bit of failure, especially with some of the teams that we have to play. Someone like Kyle Pitts is going to be a little bit of a matchup nightmare for us if we do have one-on-one situations where we can't blitz at all. Maybe it'll be some zone blitzing schemes. Um, If we go man blitz or zero blitz, which means there are zero guys who are available outside of the ones who are either blitzing or covering a man, we're going to be in trouble if we have to cover in those situations. Um, So I'll be very curious to see what happens with that. Um, But just know that we are going to get after the quarterback. And I think that this is going to be great practice for Bryce Young because that's what they're going to do to him. They're going to blitz him all night long. They are going to try to put him in uncomfortable situations, have him make bad decisions, and all in all try to make him commit turnovers. Um, So you get turnovers basically one of two ways. You either create a situation that is stressful for the quarterback where he makes a bad decision, or two, well, there's really three ways. Two, you give him a scheme or a disguise in which he is tricked and makes a decision based off information that he thinks he has, when in reality, it's something else. Or three, you just make a great play after he has time in the pocket. Um, you get a coverage sack or coverage interception, not really based on the pressure or the miss or the disguise that you've kind of given him so three different ways to kind of cause turnovers from the quarterback in that regard and I think that Averro is kind of banking on these guys not making those bad decisions but putting them in uncomfortable positions with those blitzes um with the within the division we're going to be able to do that for sure Derek Carr will struggle against defenses at times um and whoever, Kyle Trask, whoever the quarterback is for the Bucks, is going to struggle. Marcus Mariota, or Desmond Ritter rather, Marcus Mariota 2.0, is going to struggle in the pocket as well, I think. Um, so I think that this philosophy will work well within our division. Outside of that, I'm not totally sure um, as far as blitzing goes. It will really just depend on the quarterback and the situation, I think. Avero, kind of like Thomas Brown, kind of alluded to the fact that it is fluid and it really just depends on the situation and the personnel and putting your guys in a place to succeed. Um, but just like quarterback, as I mentioned yesterday, you want to put your guys in a place to be able to make quick decisions and not have to think and just be able to go at 100% and not have to slow down to think about what they're doing. And we have someone like Shaq Thompson to direct the defense. We have Luvu who has a few years under his belt now. And we have some veterans in on the defense that are able to kind of be coaches on the field. So I think that we're going to be okay. I would not be surprised if we took a little bit of a step back. Uh, But I also wouldn't be surprised if we took a step forward in some ways. It's kind of hard to depict or predict. (laughs) Do those words have the same letters? Uh, It's kind of hard to predict. And, um, you know, I just... This is a huge question mark for me right now. I'm not totally sold on this defense, but I'm not totally sold out either. And I think it will also depend on... The health of our defense, one thing I do not believe in is the depth of our defense outside of the defensive line. So if someone gets hurt or a couple people get hurt, especially in the secondary, it could be a long season for us. So I think more than anything, regardless of packages, blitzes, decisions, coaches, it's going to depend on health, which is not a great thing to walk into the season with. So um, that's why I'm leaning towards maybe taking a step back on this defense because of that health factor. Because someone's going to get injured. It's just the nature of the game. It's going to happen. Rarely do guys, especially on defense, play every single game. They never play every single snap, but rarely do they play every single game on in the season, especially with 17 of them since we're going to be sitting out the last one since we'll be make the playoffs by them. But <laughs> um, either way, I think that it's important to remember that guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get injured. And the depth is going to be a big piece of this. And we don't have much of that, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong, but we will see. And I have full confidence in Averro. I just hope that he is in a situation in which he can succeed because while we took a bet on him, he also took a bet on us. And we are in this together. And this is a big turning point in his career as well. If he can succeed twice in a row, he's probably going to be a head coach in the NFL within the next two years. If he does not, then it will kind of be, oh, did he just have success at Denver because of the personnel that he had? Did he just have success at Denver because X, Y, Z, whatever? If you can't replicate it, it's hard to kind of, especially on defense, it's hard to kind of warrant getting a head coaching position. Whereas on offense, you can fail, fail, and fail again and be rewarded with a head coaching job or just be average and be rewarded with a head coaching job. So defensive coordinators, there's a lot less room for error. A lot less margin. The margins are a lot thinner. So I I hope he succeeds. I hope he does. For his sake and for ours. But I'm rooting for you, a hero of arrow. And I'm rooting for this Panthers defense. Fingers crossed. All right, y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later. Peace.